0: This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 725, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, November the 6th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 725. It's my comic reviews episode for the releases for the week of Wednesday, November the 6th. You can probably tell by my voice that I'm actually very under the weather, but I needed to record this episode before I fly away to a vacation in the Dominican Republic and hopefully shed this cold. Um, So my voice is um, very a horse, and it's kind of difficult to speak, but I definitely wanted, it's funny too, I spent uh, the weekend uh, up at a, a beaver Scout camp with my son. But prior to going, I made sure I read extra amount of comics, I really wanted to you know, make... I The last few episodes, I feel like the reviews episodes have been like two to three, maybe four comics, and I was like, no, I'm going to read like a bunch. I remember back in the day, I used to do like 15 or 20. I was never going to be able to do that many, but I thought maybe I could do seven, and I did it. I I read seven books, and then my voice cropped out of me, so I'm barely going to be able to speak, so... This is going to be a very... I'm going to be talking about a lot of books, but not for very long per book. Um, so look at looking at some of the releases from November the 6th, they include Absolute Carnage, Weapon Plus, Batman Universe, Batman, Black Cat, Daredevil, Deathstroke, Doctor Doom, Fantastic Four, Ghost Rider, Green Lantern, Black Stars, Immortal Hulk. I, I got to say, I haven't finished... I think I finished issue 25. I did not like it. I, it was not for me. I... I don't know what that was. That was just strange, and I I just found myself bored and not really getting it. Um, Maybe I just have to read it again, or maybe I wasn't in the right headspace. Uh, Inferior 5, Justice League, Legion of Superheroes, number one, Lois Lane, number five, Magnificent Miss Marvel, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Star Wars Dr. Aphra, Superman, Up in the Sky, Undiscovered Country, Web of Black Widow. Yondu, and Young Justice. So what did I get a chance to read? Well, actually a fair amount of books. Uh, First one up, at least alphabetically speaking, is Amazing Spider-Man 33. I don't know what this was. (laughs) Um, It's like the prelude for this 2099 story. I just feel like it doesn't it's almost like the issue doesn't really know what it wants to be, or it's trying to be something that it's not. Uh, it's written by Nick Spencer, artwork by Patrick Gleason, great art, Matthew Wilson on colors, love Matthew Wilson, and I had him on the show recently, and he's just an, an, an amazing colorist. And virtual calligraphy is Joe Caramagna on letters. So you have part of the story with, you know, Spider-Man 2099 kind of having this this, this sense of bit like... He's having like these memories or he's just like fighting against what he has to do. He has to has to find something, he has to find Peter Parker, the Spider Man of twenty nineteen. Um, and then you have the big revelation from the last issue where Silver Sable's there, she's got a, a gun pointed at Peter, then Teresa Parker has a gun pointed at Silver Sable, and then we have a big reveal about Silver Sable. Now, I gotta say, this feels like it fits right along um, The MO of Nick Spencer, which is to fix problems or things that he thought didn't make sense from previous runs. And so Silver Sable just kind of showing up and being fine never felt like it made a lot of sense. And this definitely kind of institutes a retcon so we understand how, you know, when we last saw Silver Sable, why and how she looked that way, which was interesting. And I thought that was an interesting way to go. it also reminds me of how much continuity there's kind of going on right now. Like, there's crazy stuff happening in the lab area, etc. And, you know, this book doesn't really usually play in the, the larger status quo as much, so it was interesting. And um, I'm, I'm curious how it's all going to kind of fit together. I did like kind of seeing the this new character... Um, a classmate of Peter's with something that's potentially very dangerous about, you know, multiple realities, etc., which is kind of crazy. Um, the end of the issue is definitely leading up to, you know, there's going to be a, a hit on uh, Doctor Doom. I like parts of the issue. Parts of it, I just don't know if it's all fitting together. I don't know if it makes sense. Like, we're building up to a 29-9 story, but I just feel like it feels haphazard. It doesn't feel organic. Um, even this story, like, I like the idea of the revelations behind Silver Sable, but... Even, like, the Silver Sable Robot being, like, bl- having the head blown off. Like, it just... I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it, it didn't quite fire on all cylinders for me. I thought the artwork was great. I thought the story was lacking. Uh, I'll give it about a 7 overall. Next up is New Mutants, number 1, by Jonathan Hickman, Ed Brisson, and uh, I'm trying to remember who the artist was. Uh, on art, we have Rod Reese with the virtual calligraphy Travis Lanham on letters, and Tom Muller on design. Um, I, li- I like this a lot. This felt more Hickman-ish, um, but him and Brisson are doing something special. It's interesting to see all the various New Mutants characters kind of back together, as well as some add-ons, like Mondo, which I thought was interesting to see how he's being utilized. Uh, seeing them teaming up with the Star Jammers I thought was interesting. Um, yeah, it was, and, they're, you know, the, ostensibly they're they're there to, to go get Cannonball, because Sunspot misses his buddy. Um, but I dug this. It was, it was fun and engaging, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I don't know how much it really has to do with kind of the the overall feeling of Dawn of X, but um I liked it. I thought it was a good a good start. Uh next up is Old Man Quill. And this is the eleventh issue, and it's almost over by Ethan Sachs, Robert Gill, and I love this. This was fantastic, it was brutal, it was um you know, Star trying to figure out how to escape the time he was in and go back to the present time. Um it's like kind of a heartbreaking revelation when he finds Reed and Sue and they're dead and it was just that was kind of like a, you know, sad, which is what it's supposed to be. Um you know he's, he's he's when he um when Peter Quill nullifies uses the ultimate nullifier to get rid of Gladiator, it looked freaking badass. Um and it was just such a an earned moment. Uh, at the very end having the ultimate nullifier get destroyed. Didn't expect that. Um, really excited to see where it goes. Um, it's building up to one hell of a climax. I've enjoyed this all the way through. I'm going to give it an 8.5. I think it was stellar. This was great. Next up is Savage Avengers. This is issue number 7 by uh, Jerry Duggan and Pat, Pat, uh, Patch Zerker. It's, it's always been Patrick Zerker. Uh, now it's Patch. Uh, color art by Hava Tartaglia. Tartaglia, sorry, and Letters uh, by Virtual Calligraphy's Travis Lanham. This is Chapter 7, Barhop. Um, this is much more focused on voodoo. Um, I find that a little bit less interesting. I don't know. it just failed to really make me that invested. I like the parts with Doctor Strange. Um, the whole kind of Conan's journey that was also in the annual is kind of crazy and weird, but I'm excited to see um, him versus Doom and what that means. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I feel like next issue I'm really... I'm on board for I really want to see. This one, eh, it it kind of felt like it's losing some of its cohesion. Um, and part of it's because like the team isn't really together and, or if you could ever really call them a team, I'm going to give this a six and a half. Next up is the infected King Shazam. So I had no idea how he was infected by the man, the Batman and laughs or what was going on. That being said, I thought it was very compelling. Um, although a little one note at times by Cinegrace and Joe Bennett on pencils. Um, that was cool and interesting. They have a kind of a corrupted Shazam and he's going around, you know, besting others. And then you have, um, whatever Mary Marvel is called now, uh, basically trying to confront him and, and stop him from doing it. Um, not really sure where it goes. It basically says you know follow the saga of the, of the infected and Batman Superman and you're the villain in hell arisen So this isn't really the end of a story. It's not even. It's kind of missing the beginning too because we don't even see the end moment of the infection happening. It's just kind of this weird middle. That being said, I did think it was interesting. I lo- thought the artwork was fantastic. Um, I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of ten. I give it like a four out of five for art and maybe a three and a half for story. Uh, next up we have Wonder Twins number nine. I thought this was a uh, really good, um, just like most of these Wonder Twin books. I'm, they're very easy to, to read and enjoy. Um, I particularly really enjoyed um, on the second page um, the idea that uh, Batman's call, you know picking up Xan and Jana, and they're like, tour's canceled. Superman needs backup." I'm like, Superman needs us for backup. No, I'm Superman's backup. You're mine. And I just I don't know why I love that moment. Um, the art continues to be super enjoyable. You have the a very compelling story about this artificial intelligence. Um, um, I forget what it's called, Colonel Eighty Six, uh, created by Philomath, and now it's back. And I read this to my son, and he's like, "Red means bad, Dad. Red means bad." <laughs> But uh, I, I dug this. It was it was enjoyable, it was fun, it was silly, but it still had some good pathos. And uh, I think what this one, wonder Twins book is kind of almost better than it has any right to be, but I really, really dug it. And last but not least is another big launch for the week, x number one. Uh, this is written by, I'm trying to remember here, it is written by Benjamin Percy, artwork by Joshua Cassara, Dean White on colors, with uh, virtual calligraphy, Joe Care Magna on letters, and Tom Miller on design. I thought this was great. I thought Casara's um, art is fantastic, and it kind of reminded me of Jerome Pena. Exquisitely detailed. Um, I like the use of um, uh, Black Tom Cassidy here. Um, I like that you have you know these human groups trying to find a way to break into Krakoa to uh, to attack and you know, take out Xavier. I thought this was thrilling and exciting. Um, I didn't know what was going to happen next. The the ending is definitely, you know, kind of, whoa, what the fuck is going to happen now? Um, It's probably just a fake out, but even still, like, this was... I almost want to say stronger a launch than X-Men number one. Um, It just felt like it hit the ground running, has brilliant art, a great sense of story and action and thrills. And I am super excited for more of X-Force. I'm really excited about what this book could be. So I'm going to give this a a nine out of 10. This was, this was fantastic. Easily the best of the books that I read this week. Uh, So looking forward to next week coming out on the 13th of November. Coincidentally, the same day I board a plane and take off for the Dominicans, so I won't get I won't get to read these for a while. But um, some of the highlighted releases include books such as uh, Batman and the Outsiders, The Absolute Swamp Thing by Alan Moore, hardcover volume one it has been resolicited. Uh, we've got the DC Gallery, Batman The Laugh's Cowl. I don't know what that means exactly. you got the Dollar Comics, Blackest Night number one. Uh, it's interesting they kept kind of picking these big tentpole books. Um the last one was Flashpoint. This one's Blackest Night. Both books I wasn't going to give my son. Uh, but I did give him the Superman 75 um, reprint, as well as the what Batman 497, um, when you had uh, Batman's back being broken, which is both, actually, when I think about it, terrible ideas for a child. But, um, you know, sometimes that's what one does. Uh, Flash 82, Flash Year One hardcover. Um, you got the Flashpoint trade paperback box set, which is cool that they're doing that collecting everything from the Flashpoint era. Uh, you got Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Blackest Night, number one, Teen Titans Go, Trey Paperback: Weirder Things. You better believe I pre-ordered that for my son. Um, over at IDW, we have Uncle Scrooge, number 50. Uh, you got the Complete, A Little Orphan Annie, volume 16 hardcover. You got the John Byrne, Fantastic Four Artist, um, Select Edition hardcover. Um, and then you also have the Marvel Masterworks pinup hardcover. I didn't even know that was around. That sounds really interesting. Um, And then over at Marvel, you have Adventures of X-Men, Trey Pepperback Rites of Passage, collecting the uh, stories kind of based on or in the animated style from the 90s. Got the Black Hat Annual, Fallen Angels number one, which is another Dawn of X uh, launch. Got the second issue of X-Men. Oh, I'm missing that. Uh, Balls. Uh, I mean, I'll be in the Dominican. I'll be fine. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be a little sad. You got the X-Factor Epic Collection Examinations. you got the Vision Complete Collection. Uh, I have the beautiful hardcover, so I don't need this myself. You got the penultimate issue of Star Wars, issue 74. Uh, You've got, uh, let's see, Savage Avengers, Trey Paperback, Volume 1, City of Sickles, and Savage Sword of Conan, Number 11. you got a new Marvel Masterworks uh, with Amazing Spider-Man. This is the, what, Volume 21? Crazy. Um, as well as m- uh, multiple reprintings of House of X. you got House of X, Number 1, 5th printing, House of X, 4, 3rd printing, and House of X, 6. Second printing, and you have the History of the Marvel Universe 5 of 6, which I still have not read and know I will absolutely adore. Anyways, that is coming out on the 13th of November. As always, you can email the show at uh shenanigans at gmail.com. You can read us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. And uh, don't forget that our next episode, episode two, sorry, 726, will be. Um, It's only about 20 minutes long, but it's a conversation with Marv Wolfman uh, talking about a recent Superman story that he wrote, which he believes is probably one of his best works, uh, which is high praise coming from a guy like Marv Wolfman. Uh, It was sitting in a drawer for 10 years. Um, not for any particular reason, just because you know there was changes and the book it was originally designed for went away. There was no 100-page giants being published and then there was continuity changes and timeline changes and there was just no place for it. And finally it came out earlier this year and it's coming out in a deluxe edition hardcover in just a few, in just a month from now. So I talk about that with Marv Wolfman on the next episode. You can also go back and check episode 724. It's my joint interview with Mark Wade and Brian Augustine talking about Archie 1941 and Archie 1955. Anyways, thanks 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 again for listening to this episode, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.